Thank you. Man, aren't you glad we got a few things going on around here? Just a few things. I want to address something before I start this morning. Last week I had a few people that said, oh, you didn't want to talk about football today. And I just want to say, it wasn't that I didn't want to talk about football, because I can acknowledge when my team loses. I can. I just sensed the Holy Spirit in this place last week, and I couldn't shake it. I'm not lying. And if you think I am, the Lord will forgive you. Um, (laughs) But I think everybody's feeling good today, because I look like everybody's team won. Looks like it. Anyway, everybody's doing all right? All right, let's jump in. Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to tell you a story in a minute. Galatians 5, 16. I don't want y'all to think we're getting all serious here too quickly. I'm going to tell you a story in a minute. Okay. Galatians 5, 16. It says, I advise you to obey only the Holy Spirit's instructions. He will tell you where to go and what to do. And then you won't always be doing the wrong things your evil nature wants you to do. For we naturally love to do evil things that are just the opposite from the things that the Holy Spirit tells us to do. And the good things we want to do when the Spirit has His way with us are just the opposite of our natural desires. Watch this. These two forces within us are constantly fighting each other to win control over us, and our wishes are never free from their pressures. Anybody know what this is talking about? Where there's what you want to do, and there's what you probably ought to do. Anybody know that feeling? Like, I want to say something. And I feel like I deserve to say it. I'm entitled to say it. I probably shouldn't, though. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Those two forces within you. And he says, we're never free from their, their pressures. But verse 18, when you are guided by the Holy Spirit, you need no longer force yourself to obey Jewish laws. But when you follow your own wrong inclination, your lives will produce these evil results. Let me back up and read that again. But when you follow your own wrong inclinations, your lives will produce these evil results. Keep in mind, there's these two forces that are fighting within you. And some days, come on, spiritually, you win. Am I right? And that's a good day. Let's pray and ask God for every, everything we can think about. But there are some days, look at your neighbor and say, some days. There are some days where it's like, mm, didn't do too good with that. I didn't do too good. Yesterday was a good day, but now this is a new day. And I don't know what's going on with me today. Y'all better pray for me. But he says, this is what your life will produce. Watch this. Impure thoughts. Eagerness for lustful pleasure. Can I take a moment and just say this isn't something that men struggle with? This is something everyone struggles with. Let's not categorize lust as just a man looking at a woman. It's looking at something that you can't have, that you want to have, and you're trying to put together a plan to get. Okay, there you go. Okay, just want to, because, man, that's what every lady thinks you got to talk about at Fight Club. You got stuff, too. We all got some stuff. 
All right, let's just leave it there. Then it starts talking about things like uh, some more results. Idolatry. And it's not that you're putting a statue up in the backyard and worshiping it. It's just putting other things before God. Okay? And then watch this deep word. Spiritism. I know, right? That's deep. That is encouraging the activity of demons. And some of y'all are like, bro, don't even mess with that. This is the result of following our own inclinations. This is what he's trying to tell us, that you can go off the deep end and there are spiritual ramifications that you aren't even aware of. That's what he's trying to tell you here. Whenever you follow your own instincts, when you follow these own desires, okay? And he's just trying to be clear about it. Then he goes into this one. He says, hatred and fighting. And maybe you're not fist fighting somebody, or maybe you are shouldn't. But maybe there's some fighting going on in your family. Maybe there's some hatred that is stirring up. Then he goes with jealousy and anger. Watch this. Constant, constant effort to get the best for yourself. Complaints and criticisms. The feeling that everyone else is wrong except those in your own little group. Just touch somebody and go, don't say nothing. Just And then he says, and there will be wrong doctrine. Meaning that your spiritual beliefs are going to become twisted because you're following your own natural desires. And I think what he's saying is, you're going to try to make God things fit around your life rather than change your life. I think that's what he's trying to tell us right there. And Because you would say, oh, my doctrine is solid. Your doctrine may be solid, but the way you apply your doctrine may not be so solid. Amen? And he's just going through the list, man. He's talking about envy and murder. And some of y'all are like, that ain't me, pastor. I don't murder people. Remember when Jesus said, if you got anger against your brother, you're just as guilty as murder? Anyway. (laughs) Drunkenness, wild parties, and all that sort of thing. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But... Thank God. I'm not saying that, okay. (laughs) But when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Somebody just tell your neighbor, you better pray for me because I need all that. Come on. Pray for me right now because I need it. Mm. And here there is no conflict with Jewish laws. Those who belong to Christ have nailed their natural evil desires to his cross and crucified them there. And if we are now living now by the Holy Spirit's power, let us follow. Say follow. Let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Then we won't need to look for honors and popularity, which lead to jealousy and hard feelings. Man, this guy, Paul, was just writing some good stuff. And there's so much there to talk about. I want to recap this series for you a little bit. We're in this series called Different. I feel like this has been a good one. Come on, is this, is this helping you a little bit? It's been different, I know. Week one, we talked about how Jesus makes a difference in me. 
I'm not just trying to be different because I'm trying to be different, but Jesus, his influence, his life makes a difference in me. You can tell that I've been around him. Things are changing. The way I'm talking, the way I'm acting, it's changing because I've been around Jesus. And watch this. Jesus doesn't come to make me better. He comes to make me new. See, we're trying to recycle things, and God's like, let's just make you brand new. We don't want to use version. We want brand new. Amen? And in week two, we talked about a different perspective and that the experiences we have determine our perspective. But when you experience God, when you experience all that God is and all that he offers, it gives us a whole new perspective. And so now I'm not looking at life through my experiences that I've had. I've gained some knowledge and some, some street cred, you know what I'm saying? But I am looking through my, my spiritual perspective, which comes from my experience with God. And so I'm no longer just looking at things as problems, but now I'm seeing possibilities of what God can do. It's a different perspective. And then last week we talked about living with a different spirit, that we can live with spiritual discernment and live with some spiritual devotion where I'm devoted to the Lord so that the Holy Spirit can make me new on the inside, that I'm not just getting spiritual, but I'm being transformed. Amen? I'm being transformed. I'm being changed. Today what I want to talk about is living a different way. A different way. A different way. Um, there's this social media meme right now that has been circulating around, and it's uh, typically a guy, a picture of a guy, and the, the, the caption says this, before I was married, I never knew there was an incorrect way to chew, drink, sleep, or breathe. <laughs> y'all saw that? I, all right, I've been waiting to tell y'all this story, Okay. We were eating Friday night as a family, and Cynthia got a notification on her phone. Yeah, Ella Pearl's about to lose it up here. This is so funny. I don't know if this has anything to do with the sermon, but it's going to get you in a good mood, okay? Okay, okay. So uh, Cynthia was, uh, we were eating, and she gets a notification on her phone from UWF, which is where my son Judah is in school over in Pensacola. And so the alert that came through was a bear on campus. And honestly, that was my reaction. I thought it was funny. Cynthia's reaction was, oh, God, I have to tell Judah. And <laughs> And Ella Pearl and I, we just kind of thought it was funny. And Cynthia did not like my reaction to the notification. And she tells me, if something happens to my son, I will punch you. <laughs> and so she sent Judah a message and said, Judah, you got to be careful. There's a bear loose on campus. And, and this was probably about 8 o'clock Friday night. And Judah said, we've been knowing this since noon, Mom. We're fine. <laughs> How do you like that? If you mess with me, I'm just telling you. I'll watch what you say because Cynthia will take you out. <laughs> anyway, I told you it had nothing to do with the message, but it was funny. It was good. Um, back to the meme. Before I was married, I never knew there was an incorrect way to chew, drink, sleep, breathe, etc. 
How many of you are thankful that God has put someone in your life to help you be better? Come on. A bunch of dudes right now just living there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, we like to do things a certain way. Um, the other night at rehearsal, we were in here and the band was, was rehearsing for that incredible set today. That was good music today, y'all. Yeah. And so while they were rehearsing, um, you know, I, I like the chairs to be so straight in this room. And so while they were rehearsing, I was adjusting the chairs. We have this, this, this jig set up to evenly space the chairs. And people make fun of me all the time about it. I just feel better when I stand up here to preach if the chairs are straight. I'm just going to be honest. Many of you, you know that. I have a problem. But man, I like it when they're straight. Um, I have this routine before we go on a trip. I will clean my car completely. I'm talking, get it really clean. And uh, people in my family don't understand that because bugs are going to hit the windshield and people are going to leave trash on the floor in the car. But I just like my car to be clean before I go on a trip. Can I get an amen from one person? Oh, there's a bunch. All right. Um, another thing, I like my clothes to be pressed when I wear them. Ironed, whatever you want to call it, steamed. I like them to, to, to not be wrinkled. Maybe it doesn't matter to you, it matters to me. In fact, every Saturday night, I'm asked, are you going to be ironing as if that is not going to happen? <laughs> and uh, my daughter has friends that stay over, and yes, I do. I press their clothes as well. Let's go, man. My people are going to look good. Just the way I roll. You know what I'm saying? Just the way I roll. And, and, I, and honestly, the way that we do things really gets highlighted. Um, like whenever you work with someone new and you're getting to know them and you see the way they do things compared to the way you do things. And it's interesting at times because in your mind you say, that's not the way I would do that. But hey, they're getting it done. So for now... Notice I said, for now, for now, we're going to roll with it. Same thing when you get married. That's not the way I do it. Like Cynthia and I are still trying to figure out loading the dishwasher. I'm not good at it. If I do it, Cynthia redoes it. Seriously. It ain't because I ain't trying. It's just because I'm not trying to fit every dish in there. I'm not. But then whenever we do clothes, like I try to put too much. I mean, if you buy a washing machine that says 10 pairs of jeans, I'm putting 10. Cynthia said no. She said like six max. Why did we get the one with 10? There's ways that we do things, and when you encounter other people, that's where it's highlighted that you have your way and I have my way. Amen? Anybody know that little battle? And if there's ever a fight, it's usually the fight over my way or your way. If there's ever a fight. In fact, there are different routes that I take through town that Cynthia will ask me, why in the world do you even go this way? You know it's longer. I just prefer that drive. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not thinking distance. I'm thinking calmness. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Maybe I'm in a hurry, but I'd rather cut through the neighborhood than go on the big road. That's just me. It's my way of doing it. 
And one thing that I know about us is we like our way of doing things. Like many of you, you like your way to wake up in the morning. And you don't like no one else to wake you up earlier or differently than the way that you are awakened in the morning. You got to have your coffee because that's just your way of doing it. When I go on vacation, I do not want an itinerary. That is not vacation to me. That is a trip. When I go on vacation, I want no itinerary. I want no plans. And so there goes most of you I'm not going on a trip with. I know. I get it. I love you for that. I'm serious. I'm glad you do it. But when I go on vacation, I go on vacation. I'm not trying to accomplish things. I'm trying to rest. Rest. Okay? And so we have our way of doing things, and they have their way. And that works fantastic in things like marriage and family. Like when you're raising young kids, you're trying to show them your ways. And can I say, a lot of times the kids are winning because they're training parents in their ways. Okay? Um, Work. We have our ways of doing it. You ever went to a new job before and they were training you and it was like, I've never done it this way before. And you're trying to say, well, I prefer to do it this way. And they're saying, that's your way, but this is our way. Come on. It's everywhere. Anywhere you go where there's multiple people, it happens with kids. It happens at school because you have your way that you want that teacher to teach your kids. Come on, teachers. I'm helping you right here. You have your way, and then there's the way that they do it. Why? Because ultimately, we like having our way right away. Right away. Happens at church. And believe it or not, it's happening inside of us. It really is. And the Apostle Paul brings that to our attention in Romans 7. This is what he said. And I, I just want to help you feel a little better about yourself today. Watch this. This is what the Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he's like the colossal apostle called and appointed and anointed by God, like big dog kind of apostle. This is what he said, okay? And Romans said, he said, I don't really understand myself. That's what he said. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. This is what the Apostle Paul said. The guy that we sing in songs about, like Bible stories, it's like, when I grew up, I want to be like Paul, and all these things. And this is what he's saying. He's like, I don't understand myself. And I think there's people in this room today that if you were really honest, you would say, that's me too. I don't understand myself sometimes. Because there are moments where I'm like, all in, let's do this. There are moments like, what have I gotten myself into? Mm -hmm. In Proverbs 14, verse 12, it says, there is a way that appears to be right. Did you hear that? There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. What happens if you've been doing something a certain way for so long and it appears to be right? But the further you go, you're realizing, hmm. I didn't think we were going to wind up here. I didn't know this is what it was going to look like down the road doing it that way. And this is what this verse is saying. It appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. And this verse is why we're sharing this, because the normal ways that we've been living, it's not producing the results that we were expecting. 
The normal life of stressing out and living with anxiety and anger and holding grudges and all of those different things that have become so normal in our culture today that people are living by, what we're realizing is this is not producing the results we were expecting. Like, I didn't want this for our family. I didn't want this for my kids. I didn't want this for me. And I don't even understand myself now because I thought we were doing it right, but I'm realizing now, hmm, that doesn't seem right. Maybe it's their fault. In John 14, 6, Jesus said it like this. He said, I am the way. It's not this is the way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I would say this. This is what we're looking for. This is ultimately what we're looking for when we say, I want my way. I want to do it my way. We don't even realize what we're actually looking for is a way that provides security, a way that provides peace, a way that provides salvation, a way that provides everything that God has in store. That's really, really what we want. But for some reason, we believe that I can achieve that myself. I can accomplish that myself. Only to get down the road and realize, hmm, this must not be the way to do it. But this is the way I've always done it. And for some reason, we keep doing it that way. That's why I think when you start talking about living differently, a different way, it's challenging. Like when I said a different way, you just rolled with it because I was playing around with the bear story. You know, I was talking about the meme and you were going with it. But now we're starting to get into the stuff and it's like, whoa, Pastor Wade. Let's just let the Lord come bless me in my ways and how I do it. And I want to pray for everybody else. Come on, y'all want to pray that prayer too. Let's pray for everybody else to come along with my way of doing it. You ever prayed that prayer before? I found this when I pray it, the Lord answers it. But he doesn't answer it on my behalf. He answers it on their behalf. And he starts changing the way I want to do it. He starts putting his finger and convicting me about the ways that I do things. And I started realizing, ooh, don't pray like that no more, Pastor Wade. Don't pray like that anymore. In the book of Galatians, I'm going to give you the setting for this so that you really understand where, where Paul is coming from. Okay, This is written by the Apostle Paul, and he's writing a letter from prison to this church that he really, really needs to visit, but he can't be there in person. So he writes a letter to the church in Galatia. Now watch this. They were saved. They have heard the gospel. They have accepted Jesus, but they were so used to living by these traditions. They were so trapped by all these laws that they were, they were beginning to slip back into some old ways of living. They, they, they were trying to take this experience with God that gave them salvation, and they were trying to mix some old religion with it. And the result was they were slipping back into their old ways because now they were trying to satisfy the way they had always done things with a new way that God was doing. And they were trying to mix the two. And if they could just make a gumbo out of it, eat it, it's all going to be happy, only to find out that it wasn't producing the results that they thought they were going to get. They were slipping back into some of the old ways that Jesus came and set them free from. And so Paul says things like this. It was for freedom that, that, that Christ has set you free. It was for freedom. Now, when we think of freedom, we think of American freedom. 
You know what I'm saying? Freedom to worship, freedom of the press, freedom of speech. We can go down the list of all these things in the Constitution. But when we're talking about the freedom that Christ gives, it goes way beyond your politics. Watch this. It goes way beyond your rights. Because it's a matter of the heart. Because there's a lot of people claiming to live free in America that is bound. That is bound. They may be free with all their sayings and all their social media posts and all their rallies, all these different things. But on the inside, they're held captive by things like alcohol addiction, by anger. We can go down the list, man, of things that we're bound by. And they're not really living in freedom. I would say this. There's people that are sitting in prison that is more free than people that are outside of prison today. Amen. Amen? They are. Sometimes we think geography has everything to do with it, but really, it's not about geography. It's about, God, where am I at with you? Amen? And so, people get saved, but their ways stay the same. They get saved because the weight of sin is heavy, and Jesus, I want you to forgive that. But then we go the same way, doing the same things, And then when we feel bad about it in one of those church services, when they're playing a song like, I trust in God, we'll go back to God and say, God, I'm sorry, and feel better about it for a few days. And then because our ways haven't changed again, we go right back to it. And now we're riding this roller coaster up and down. And I think that it's making us sick. I do. I think it's making us sick. And we can't figure out why we're not going anywhere because it's one step forward, two steps back. One step forward, two steps back. Come on, anybody ever been on that dance before? Yeah. So Paul begins to break it down for them. And he's trying to teach them about this new way of living. And instead of trying to keep every law and every rule, he's trying to, he's trying to get them to see that we need the Spirit of God to lead us. That's, that's ultimately what he's trying to help us to see. But while you and I, we're trying to operate under our same strategies and same standards, God sends us the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so instead of having laws that are just written in the book, we have the Spirit of God that is living in our heart. By the way, you know who inspired the writing of the law? It was the Holy Spirit. When God appeared to Moses on the mountain, God's Spirit was guiding his hand as he was writing those Ten Commandments. It was the Spirit of God that was guiding His hand. And this is so important for us to realize because if we're going to live a life that is the story of God being written to all the world, we've got to let the Holy Spirit guide His hand in our lives. Amen? In other words, you've got to let Him hold the pen. And too many times we want to hold the pen and write God into the story instead of allowing God to write the story. Amen? And so the decision comes down to this. Which way are we going to follow? Like, which way are we following? Which way are you following with your life? When it comes to the Lord, which way are you following? Are you following God's way? Are you trying to convince God to come and do this your way and kind of create a little system and a little strategy that works with what you got going on, works in the context of the things that you like to do and the sins that you like to participate in that aren't really that bad? Are are y'all following this today? Like, like we want God to come on our side, and God's like, I want you on my side. And again, just like we mentioned earlier, we like things done our way. But Jesus is 
the way. So watch this. Which way are we going to follow? If we go with normal living, we're going to have fighting. And that fight, before you even think of fighting somebody else, you're fighting yourself. That's what happens. Paul mentioned it. We're fighting on the inside. We're fighting what we should do and what we shouldn't do. And it's a fight. It's a battle. And, 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 and really, it's a matter of which, what are we going to follow. It's the fight to follow. That's what's going on with normal living. But then we got spiritual living, which is trying to teach us how to be faithful. That's what God is trying to show us how, how, to, how to live. This is the way to live. It's to be faithful to the Lord, to be consistent with the Lord. To keep following no matter what. You say, well, Pastor Wade, what if I stumble? What if I fall? Though a righteous man stumbles seven times, what does he do? He gets up again. See, faithfulness is I'm going to get up if I fall. Unfaithfulness is I'm going to stay here so I don't fall again. Yeah. I'm going to get up again. And so spiritual living and normal living, it's different because one is fighting and the other one is faithful. One is fighting and the other one is faithful, but there's a dependency on the Holy Spirit if I'm going to live spiritually, whereas if I'm going to live normally, you know what I'm dependent on? My own desires. I'm going with my own instincts. I'm going with my own desires. And honestly, you know what it is? It's a control issue. And I know there's some of you that said, I wish you wouldn't have said that, Pastor Wade. And that's why we got to say that. It's a control issue. Because when it's normal living, this is what it says. I am in control. And it leads to a life of running. I'll show you. I got to run everything. If I'm involved in it, I got to run it. Come on, any strong-willed people in here, don't put your hand up because everybody's going to think you're trying to run everything. (laughs) I know. I'm strong-willed. Y'all figured that out by now. We're trying to run everything. And usually, at the same time, we're running, chasing things. We're running from things. We're just running. Come on, am I talking to anybody today? Just running. Running, trying to keep it in control. I'm running from that bad stuff. I'm running to this stuff. I'm just running around. No wonder we are worn out. I run my own life. I run from things. I run after things. I run other people. I'm running. But spiritual living, watch this, God is in control. And watch the result. It's rest. It's rest. And when you say that, everyone on the inside is saying, that's what I want. I want rest. I'm surrendered to him. So he leads me. He guides me. He empowers me. Why aren't you worried about this? Because I'm following him. That's why. Don't you feel like you need to try to control it? I can't. But he's in control. So I can be at rest. This is one of the big deals, y'all, that people are dealing with everywhere. They have no rest because they're running. And it's not just your schedule, y'all. Can I tell you that? You think it's your schedule. You think it's your calendar. Listen, you can even have a day off and you can't even rest because everything is running. Everything is still running. The mind is still running, running, running. What is it? It's a control issue. 
And it's the question of, do I have to be in control or can I let God be in control? And that's tough. I wish I could say I bat a thousand when it comes to that. I wish I could tell you today that every moment that I live, God is ultimately in control and I am just at perfect peace all the time. And there is never a moment where the blood pressure rises a little bit and the temper may flare. No, not old Pastor Wade, never. It's a fight. Who's going to have control? Is it going to be me or is it going to be him? And I feel like there's a lot of people in here today, you've been running and you're looking for rest and you're trying to figure out how does this work? And you've been trying to control everything, but the more you try, watch this, the more out of control it seems. You ever notice that? Like you're trying to get everything on and you can't understand why people just won't get with the program. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get everybody on the same track and nobody wants to come along for the journey. You people are driving me crazy. And they're just looking at us like, what are you even talking about? I'm calm. You crazy. So let's talk about a different way. Because Jesus came to do life a different way, a better way. Like, do we, do we really understand that? That Jesus came to do life a better way, but it's a different way. And it's going to challenge how we do these things. And that's the part that we don't like, because we would rather have encouragement for how we do it than redirection. Seriously, we prefer encouragement. Pastor, encourage me. So I stay on this same route, even though I'm not going the right way. At least I'll feel good going this way. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, it's not getting anywhere. You're going the wrong way, and so let's get you on the right path, and you won't need everybody's encouragement. You will know this is the right way. There will be a peace that comes with it. You won't need approval. You'll know this is the way. How do you know? Because I'm at rest. I'm not running anymore. I'm at rest. I'm not worried about all these crazy people and what they think of me. It's a difference, y'all. So watch this, a different way to live. Number one, it's a different standard. That's what Jesus did. He came and he brought a different standard of living. And when people think about the grace of God, watch this. They really, they see it through the lens that Jesus came and lowered the standard so that we could all get on. And I would say that that is not how he did it. When you look at how he spoke in Matthew 5, what did he do? He took the law that was spoken and he put the intent behind it. So he says things like this. You ready? He said things like, love your enemies. Whoa. That's a different way to do it. <laughs> Am I right? Um, he said, bless those who persecute you. We say, blow those up that persecute you. <laughs> right? That's a different way. It's like, that's good, Jesus. That's a different way. That's a, that's a, good, that's a different way. Um, he says, when you get slapped on one cheek... Turn to the other. That's, that's a different way to do it, Jesus. That's not the way we've done it before. That's a different way. So grace didn't lower the standard. Grace lifted us up. I want you to hear that. Grace doesn't lower the standard of your living. 
It lifts you up. It's different. So watch this. I'll say it like this. He raised us up from death to life. The wages of sin is what? Death. So really, we've been living a substandard life by living in sin. And Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life, has come to raise us up, to raise a standard of living that is now fulfilling. Because most of the sin that we're jumping into, it's for fulfillment. Honestly, it's for fulfillment. Maybe, maybe you said all of that and you sinned in saying all that because you just had all these motions and you just said, I will feel better when I tell them how it is. And then you told them and it's like, oh, that didn't feel as good as I wanted it to feel. I got to go tell somebody else now. <laughs> that didn't work either. What does he want to do? He wants to raise the standard in our lives. And so we live in this condition where we're striving to be our best Okay, I'm striving. I'm trying to be my best. I'm trying not to do this. I'm trying not to say that. I'm trying not to do this. But how many times do we feel like we continually fall short? It's not enough. And it becomes so frustrating. I'm trying to be the best. I'm trying to be my best. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm running. I'm running. I'm running. But watch this. God gave us his best with Jesus And he raises us up to living in righteousness, which is his best in us. It's a new standard. So Jesus comes on the scene to raise the standards in our lives. How many of us like things high standard? I remember the first time I had an automobile that had seat warmers in it. That's another level. I remember when I finally got an automobile where I didn't have to roll the windows down. We still saying roll the window. You ain't rolling nothing now. You just pressing buttons. Back in the day, y'all might not know this, we had to roll the window down and then roll it back up and hope that little thing didn't strip out in there and it's about to rain. I don't remember. Or, or, Or I got an idea. Our tradition... The way it's always been puts us completely in the category of going back to black and white TV. No remote control. UHF, VHF. Y'all remember Channel U? Some of y'all like, I don't know what you're talking about, preacher. Channel U. And then put it on 33. And then fine tune it. Some of y'all like, I have no clue. There are other people in here that are wounded because of that. Because you got yelled at. (laughs) Hold it right there. (laughs) Don't move. True story. I remember one night my parents were watching Dallas. This is going to date me a little bit. We watched the Dukes of Hazzard. Now Dallas is coming on. This was Friday night. And somebody bumped the TV. So you got to go back up there and adjust. And you got to, on our TV, if you held it in, it was like, okay, that's it. Just hold it. I'm like, can I get a matchstick to try to hold this thing in here or something? I don't know anything. What I'm saying is this. That was substandard. Now, you don't, listen, you can turn the TV off and on from your phone. You can tell Alexa to do it for you. Like, there's, what happened? There's a new standard that is set now. But so many times we live a substandard life. Jesus came to raise the standard. Amen. Here's the second thing, a different strategy. Instead of living by instincts and desires, live by depending on the spirit of God. 
Instead of going by my own, watch, let me just make, tell you what it means. God, what do you think? What do you think I should say to them? What do you think our family should do? What should I do about my career? What should I do about this person I'm interested in marrying? Should I propose or not? Seriously. Should I take the job or not? God, what do you think? Instead of going by my own instincts, I'm leaning on him. And in Galatians 5, Paul shows us the results of living by our instincts. And it's all this sinful stuff, and it's a lot of the stuff that we were talking about last week. It's a lot of those different sins and all of this stuff, and that just becomes a part of our normal life, and we just try to cope with it. We just try to live with it, try to manage it, try to make it through. We're going to make it through. We're going to be okay. But what if I told you there was another standard of living that you can live by that you don't have to live in the middle of all that craziness? Amen? Look, I know there's other people, and they got their ways and all of this stuff, but even though they have their ways, when you are following God's way, there is a peace that comes with it. So Jesus came with a different strategy, and it was a spiritual strategy. And he says this, Paul highlights it in Galatians. He says, but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us, love. You ever had to love somebody that didn't seem worthy of love? Joy. They were singing about joy this morning. Dance until my legs give out. Some of y'all are like, my legs are out. <laughs> joy. Are you living joyful today? Not just happy. I'm talking about full of joy. See, the Holy Spirit produces that in us. You can be in the middle of a really tough situation and still have joy. Because the Holy Spirit produces this in us. Peace. You can have peace in the middle of a war. Patience. Some of you are like, don't talk about that one, man. Leave that alone, bro. Patience. One of the things I'm learning as I get older, man, I'm seeing some of these older guys, how they operate and how patient they are. It's like, man, thank God they are patient. Patience, man, is so incredible. And it's hard to do. When you live by instincts, it's hard to be patient. It's truly a spiritual thing. And he's saying here, when, you, when you're letting God control your life, the Holy Spirit control your life, it's going to produce this in you. That's different. I'm not used to seeing them react with patience, right? I'm not, I'm not used to them being patient that surely the Lord is in that place. The Holy Spirit is producing it. Kindness and goodness and faithfulness gentleness. Watch this. And self-control. I'm not talking about controlling everything. I'm talking about having self-control. I'm choosing not to do that because I'm following his lead. It's a different strategy. Has your strategy changed since you've been saved? Has your strategy of dealing with conflict, has it changed since you've been saved? Or you got saved and you prayed the prayer and thank God, I'm not going to hell, but still, I don't know who you think you are. We will fight right now. That's a bad strategy. Like, this, this is the stuff. Like, has our language changed since we've been saved? Are we still following the same strategies? Has things changed? Are we still living with our same strategy? It's time to have a spiritual strategy. 
and say, God, I need you to be in control. So I'm surrendering control. I'm asking you to take the lead. Number three is this, a different source. A different source. Jesus taught us to deny self and follow the Spirit. And this is what he was saying. There's a better source. He said, there's a better way to do this than going with your own selfish inclinations and desires. And I think what's happening is we've been looking to worldly things to give us love. We've been looking for opportunities that are going to produce some joy in our lives. We're looking for a vacation that's going to give us peace. We're looking for all kinds of people to leave us alone so that we don't have to develop any kind of patience. When it comes to kindness, if you treat me right, I'll treat you right. Like these, these, these are the things, y'all, because it's dependent on what happens around me when God wants to do something in me. Are, are, y'all, are y'all grabbing this today? Because it's a different source. Whatever your source is, it's going to determine your flow. The Mississippi River starts way up north in Minnesota, and it's a small trickle, but by the time it gets to Louisiana, it is this massive river with a powerful flow, and whatever you are, whatever you're looking to to be your source, it is going to determine the flow of your life, and so if you're looking for other people to give you joy, there's not going to be a strong flow of joy in your life, because at some point, they're going to let you down. If we're looking for people to leave us alone, to give us peace, that's not going to happen because you got three kids. Seriously, we've got to have a different source. And the source is this, is God, I need you to be the source because none of these other things can supply it. That's why we're so angry. That's why we're so stressed. That's why we're so overwhelmed. That's why we're addicted. That's why we're lonely. That's why we're searching because we're looking for an alternative source to give us something that only God can give us. We're looking for that thing that we work so hard for to give us all the approval, all the affirmation, all those things that only comes from the Father. And we keep going back to that same source, but it's not producing So Jesus gives us the source and it's the Holy Spirit that produces the love in us, produces the joy, produces the peace, produces the patience. It's the Holy Spirit. And so right now, as you're hearing this, there's a war going on inside of you because there's the way it's always been and there's the way that God is unfolding to you right now. And it's this whole idea of I got to get a new strategy. I've got to get a new system. I got to get a new source. It's like there's a battle on the inside of me. And ultimately, it starts with God. I surrender. I surrender control to you. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this room today. You say, I'm struggling, Pastor Wade. I'm struggling. Struggling with some things. And you're fighting. And you're running. And today, you don't have to run anymore. You don't have to fight anymore. You're not going to surrender to that thing. You're going to surrender to Him. And Father, right now, I pray for every person all across this room, those who are watching online, that are struggling. And I just pray they make the decision today, God, I'm giving you control. 
I'm going to do this a different way. I'm going to surrender to you. If that's your decision today, God, I'm surrendering to you. I got this area of my life that I've been trying to control. I'm surrendering to you. I got this area of my life. I've been doing it this way for so long. But God, today I realize my way is not giving me the life I thought it was going to give me. I'm surrendering to you. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet and lift your hands as a sign of surrender to the Lord today. Come on, I'm surrendering. I'm surrendering that big old decision that I've been stressing out about. Come on, you're that young person in college and you're contemplating changing your major and you're not sure and you've gone back and forth. Come on, you're that married couple. You've been fighting because it's his way, it's my way, it's her way, it's my way. Come on, today is the day to surrender. God, I'm giving you control. God, I'm giving you control. Holy Spirit, produce the love in me. Produce it in me today, God. Produce it in me today. The traditions. I'm holding on to traditions, but I want the new thing that God's doing, but I'm holding on. Today is the day to surrender and say, God, let's do this your way. Father, in this room, I pray for every person that's standing. Ultimately, they will let your spirit be the lead and be the guide. And I pray, Father, that you will begin to produce some love, some peace, some goodness, some kindness, some righteousness in their lives. I pray that you will produce the self-control. Holy Spirit, produce it in us. Produce it in us today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I want everyone to stand to their feet this morning as we wrap up the service. And maybe you don't know the Lord as your Savior. You've heard the gospel, but you realize today that it's not just learning a new religion, but it's following Jesus, allowing him to be your Lord and Savior. I want to lead us in a prayer this morning. I want to ask everyone to to repeat it. Say, Dear Lord, thank you for going to the cross to pay the price for my sins, to pay the price for my way of doing it. I surrender my life to you now. And I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I put my faith and trust in you. And I confess today that I will follow your ways. Make me a new person. I believe you died for me. I believe you gave your life for me. And now I give you my life. I'm going to live my life your way. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen, and amen, amen, amen.